Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Oh, excuse me. I'm yawning. <laughs> that show is so boring. The host is yawning before it even begins. Uh, welcome. It's the 20th of June. Um, I, <laughs> um, I'm yawning because I literally did not sleep last night. I. It's almost as if I forgot how. I just didn't sleep. And... Um, so we'll see how uh, coherent I can be in the next hour. I, I'm feeling a little, well, sleepy. Um, and I, I did not sleep <laughs> because I think of everything that's happening in the country. And I had been reading about it before I went to sleep, which I'm sure sleep experts would say, is not smart. Uh, and I just couldn't, I couldn't, sh it wasn't just my head, I couldn't shut my head up, I couldn't shut my my heart up. I, I, I really was in a bit of a state. And I finally, I don't know, around three, maybe, Anyone who follows me on Twitter will know, because I think I started tweeting. <laughs> oh. And I remember thinking with, with the first one, gosh, people are going to think I'm a weirdo if I'm tweeting at like 4 o'clock in the morning. But it was amazing how many other people uh, were who I follow were tweeting <laughs> at that hour. Now, granted, some of them might not be in the same time zone, but... Um, And of course, reading the uh, Twitter now, my Twitter feed, because of who I follow, right, is now just uh, a uniform scream. I, that's pretty much what it is, just a howl of outrage and disbelief and sorrow and anger and... I. Uh, by the way, uh, tonight, I was, this is funny, I just remember this, tonight, uh, there is the first, as far as I know, opportunity in Pittsburgh uh, to take to the streets in a show of, well, name your, name your adjective, uh, you know, outrage or outraged, whatever, you know what I'm saying. Uh, it's in Squirrel Hill at uh, the iconic intersection of Forbes and Murray. That's where, of course, the library is. Um, the, is it Ninth Presbyterian Church or Third? <laughs> it ain't the first, I know that. It's the third, right? Um, been there many times. Just didn't note the number. And that's at 9 o'clock tonight. I think it'll be a candlelight vigil, perhaps. I'm not sure. The sponsors are three, um, uh, two churches and one synagogue uh, that are in a uh, about a two-block area. Uh, 
all of them fronting on on uh, Forbes. You see, I, my, my head really is not... Uh, in, including my synagogue, Temple Sinai, and the Presbyterian Church, and then the church, is it our Redeemer or Holy Redeemer or something, Episcopalian Church, um, that's also uh, in between the, the two. Uh, those three, as far as I know, are the uh, people that are um, behind this... I don't know what it's being called, a vigil, a rally, a protest. I think it is all of those. <clears throat> and I, I just want to um, say, I think Frank Bruni hit it on the head, uh, because he says, uh, why don't we call the terrified children whose incarceration is riveting the country and I dare say the world at this moment why don't we call those terrified children not migrants not detainees not pawns although that comes closest to the mark the reality is is that they are hostages they are hostages that have been taken by the government under President Trump who is using them as flesh and blood bargaining chips to get his wall. That's it in a nutshell. This is his art of the deal being played out with uh, human capital. So that's what they are. They're hostages. And they're hostages as young as uh, months old, two years old, three years old. And we're told now that there are special facilities for those babies, for children under five. So we are literally holding babies as hostages for political purpose. Um, and it's no wonder that uh, Rachel Maddow last night doing her show, when that news and Associated Press report came in, <coughs> uh, detailing these, uh, I think they're called tender age, tender age detention, <laughs> jails for babies, uh, as she tried to read this on her show, she broke down. And, um, yeah. I can't imagine that uh, there were not other people all over the country in tears. Cannot imagine. We have a call. Let me get the caller in. Caller, hello. Caller? Hello, Lynn? Yeah. Hello, Lynn? Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I sent you an email on this. Holy Family Institute is accepting donations to help the migrant children. I sent you an email. To I see it. I see it. Tell them what items they need. 
Cyclops Cafe on Lincoln Avenue in Bellevue is also accepting donations for the Holy Family Institute. Okay, I mentioned it. Thank you. I appreciate that, and I've, I, I see the release now. Thank you for sending it. Thank you very much. I'll share it. Okay. Thank you. All right, thanks. Okay, Bye. I did mention, I believe, two days ago that um, Holy Family Institute is uh, on Ohio River Boulevard is uh, holding uh, 50 children. So, you know, they're not all in Texas or uh, in the... They're being shipped all over the United States, these thousands of children. And the Holy Family Institute is one of those who has a contract with Health and Human Services. My guess is Health and Human Services uh, uh, knows about Holy Family Institute because uh, they stepped up <coughs> after the Haitian earthquake and took in uh, some of those uh, children as well. Um, so Holy Family says they've, uh, they are caring for the children until they can be reunited with their families. Let's just uh, say if they are reunited with their families. Because the head of ICE uh, yesterday said they, they not always is that the end result. Um, and Holy Family Institute says they're thankful to everyone who has reached out asking what they can do. And uh, here are the things they say they need. The children they have are from four years old to 14. Uh... They don't want your junk either, okay? Uh, suitcases, preferably carry-on size with wheels, art supplies, model building kits, flip-flops, board games, toys, school supplies, English grammar books, children's books in Spanish. I would think that would be the smartest thing. Um, oh my God. Birthday party supplies. Happy birthday. Um, here's an interesting one. Maps relating to the U.S. and Central America. Here's where you ran from the gangs. Here's where you were arrested. Here's where you were flown. I... And here, here, here's where you are now. Where's my mommy? So you can't be a, you know, don't think you can get in and volunteer. That's not available. You have to be uh, trained, um, go through 60 hours of federally mandated kind of training and blah, 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 blah. 
and okay so they this is i gave you the list of of things and um they don't want clothing and they don't want stuffed animals okay they will take gift cards um that will help them i guess buy some clothing uh target they say uh dicks sporting goods best buy michaels joanne fabrics are some of the ones that walmart they suggested um also they are saying you can you can drop this off at holy family institute at 8235 ohio river boulevard or that cafe that was mentioned in um, Cyclops Cafe on Lincoln Avenue in Bellevue um, are collecting, but also. So thank you, Ronald. Um. I mean, I think what's what's so upsetting is, um, and I, I'm sure I've said this before, is is getting a clearer picture of who we are. You know, um, a lot of people keep saying this is not who we are. Well. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that begs the question, then why is it happening? <laughs> but, so I, this is who we are at this point in our nation's history. This is who we are. And then when you you know venture outside of uh, our bubble, because don't think we're not in one, that became very clear to me when I was looking at my Twitter feed. Because I thought to myself, what does somebody who watches Fox News, what does their Twitter feed look like? And I actually went and looked at a few things, and my God, you don't want to know. The hatred, the lack of absolute feeling for these children, uh, 35% of women who were in some poll were okay with this policy? Was it that high? Or was it Republican women? Dear God, I don't know. How could any woman, how could any human being, but just women as more wired uh, to uh, care for uh, infants? So I mean I I think the most uh, unsettling thing for me is um <clears throat> getting to know <laughs> my country better and the people who populate it and and what so many of them think and feel or don't feel and um I mean this the, Donald Trump's administration has disabused me of any of the rosy images that were planted in my head from day one 
in the uh, American public school system. Uh, from, you know, George Washington's cherry tree and all right, right on up, right on up, all of it. How wondrous this country is, how welcoming we are, the Statue of Liberty and how much we brag about, you know, being the exemplar of freedom. And uh, so, I mean, it's it, it's seeing with our own eyes um, a reality that you can't... Uh, one of the things I saw on Twitter was somebody saying that the people in the other bubble are more upset, and it's true, are more upset by black athletes kneeling than they are thousands of children being put in chain link cages and separated from their parents by edict of their own government. There was a, a woman who, who's a Holocaust studies professor who, who tweeted something yesterday that at first, I mean, I just sort of, my head went back. She said, um, I keep seeing people equating what is happening with uh, the, beginning, the beginnings of what happened in Nazi Germany. And she said, that is not correct. And I thought, oh my God, because I'm one who has said that. <laughs> and she's a professor of Holocaust studies. She said, that is not correct. We are already well past the beginning. And then later, I guess a lot of people got on her and said, my God, were you just uh, engaging in hyperbole there? I mean, come on, you, you, you can't be. What do you mean we're well along? And so because of that, she sent out um, a, a, a little guide to uh, things that happen before a nation finds itself um, in a genocide or a holocaust. Now, I really don't think that the people of this country will allow this to go that far. Because I do think the good people well outnumber. But maybe that was true, that's been true in other countries because what this thing she put out says is that genocide you know, it doesn't just happen. Holocaust don't just happen. It, ta it takes years and years. It's a process that develops in stages that are uh, predictable. And each stage, there are things that can stop what's happening. And that the process is not necessarily linear, that every, and things can happen at the same time, or some stages, uh, some later stages happen earlier in some places, but all of these kinds of things are what is required 
to get to the point that the Nazis did, to get to the point that they got to in uh, Rwanda, to get to the point they got to in every other place in Cambodia where we have seen this kind of just wholesale slaughter of certain people. And that's, you know, I looked at, the, the thing is the, the first parts are all about that certain people. Because before you can do a genocide, you've got to cull. You've got to separate. <laughs> you've got to separate. You've got to denigrate. And so the first parts are, you know, in classification and symbolization of who pe certain people are. It happened to, uh, the, the, obviously, to the Jews in, in Germany. It happened, um, it's happening right now, by the way, in, uh, to the gypsies in uh, Italy, which just elected a, popula a populist government. Um, and it's happening here in regard to uh, desperate refugees seeking a better, oh dear, uh, life um, here. And Donald Trump, let us be perfectly historical and factual, began his run for the presidency. And this is indisputable. Began his run for the presidency with a clarion call about these very people whose babies were now taking. And what he said was that they were murderers and rapists. He continues to use terms like that and in fact has upped the game just yesterday calling these people vermin. Vermin. Now, when you start using words like that, that is in this thing, uh, step four. That's why this woman probably said, no, what? We're not just starting. We're well along the process. This is ten steps. Dehumanization of an entire group of people is step four. And it flat out says, you deny the humanity of the other. Members of the other are equated with animals. He's used that term. Vermin. He's used that term. Spread of disease. He has said that. Our president has engaged in all of that. Because dehumanization, just quoting here, overcomes the normal human revulsion against murder. Because what do you do to vermin? You kill them. Vermin is something you eradicate. I mean, the pest control people call it call them vermin. You poison them. That's what the Nazis did. You poison them. You kill them in any way you can. But you exterminate them. 
we, this country, now has a president aided and abetted by a major political party who calls human beings who he is now terrorizing desperate human beings who've committed no crime they commit by coming here without proper procedure they have committed a misdemeanor you've probably committed a misdemeanor in your life i have So dehumanization is step four because once the powers that be keep that propaganda going that dehumanizes the people who are the target, you begin to indoctrinate the public to view that group as not quite human. And uh, here's funny, here's a line from it, even alien to their society. Well, hell, we call them illegal aliens. They're already alien. All right. I, I just want to say, Also, because I said they were aided and abetted by a, a party, the Republican Party, which is is no longer, does not exist as it did um, 20 years ago, I'll even say. Although you could see how it was heading in that direction, but it's gone now. It has been uh, totally taken over by people who clearly are... Um, gutless and um, haters and quite willing to aid and abet these the dehumanization of uh, of their fellow humans um, so I'm gonna thank Jonathan for this but I I, I did see it too um, because I, I mean, as I said, I didn't sleep last night. And I was reading Twitter, and I saw Steve Schmidt. Uh, Steve Schmidt was the campaign manager for uh, John McCain, and as he says in his what he put out on Twitter, he has for 30 years, actually 29 years and nine months. He remembered to the month when he first registered to vote as a member of the. Republican Party and um, he went on to say I renounce today my membership in the Republican Party it is corrupt indecent and immoral I mean think of this this is the guy who ran the presidential campaign not very long ago He says it's a party filled with feckless cowards who disgrace and dishonor the legacies of the party's greatest leaders. 
This child separation policy is connected to the worst abuses of humanity in our history. It is connected to the same evil that separated families during slavery and dislocated tribes and broke up Native American families. And you know what we did to the Native Americans, that was akin to a, a genocide. I do not say this, he says, as an advocate of a progressive agenda. I say it as someone who retains belief in democracy and in decency. He says a government that establishes internment camps for babies. Every one, he says, of these complicit Republican leaders will carry this shame throughout history. Their legacies will be ones of well-earned ignominy. They have disgraced their country and brought dishonor to the party of Lincoln. I have spent much of my life working in Republican politics. I have always believed that both parties were two of the most important institutions to the advancement of human freedom and dignity in the world. Today, the Republican Party has become a danger. A danger to our democracy and a danger to our values. This now independent voter will be aligned with the only party left in America that stands for what is right and decent and remains faithful to our republic to objective truth, to the rule of law, and to our allies. And that party is the Democratic Party. This from a man who worked his tail off to defeat the Democratic Party. I'm sorry. Do we have a we have a call? I'm sorry. Trigger me. Caller, go ahead, please. Hello. Hi. Hi. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, I think uh, Trump um, gave the Democrats a gift. I really do. I I think. I mean, this is terrible what's going on, but boy, he he screwed himself this time. Because two things you don't want to mess with is children and the elderly. And they're already talking about the elderly with this Medicare, cutting some of that and making the people pay more. So when you mess with those two, whole hell breaks loose. So I, I kind of think that he's going to feel the repercussions come November. I really do now. I didn't think it as hard before, but this here just put the icing on the cake. Well, I hope so. I hope so. I hope so, too, but okay. I, I really believe that. Well, there's no hope for us if we don't, um, as a nation, stand up and totally repudiate not just Donald Trump, but the party. It's got to be repudiated, as Steve Schmidt did. It has to, and the it's we the people. The only question I have for the Democrats, why didn't they take care of this problem when they had the House, the Senate, the presidency? 
why didn't they do anything then? There's a lot of things that I, were missteps. I don't know what they were doing. Uh, the finger up their butt, I don't know. But there's a lot of things that could have been done. Okay, well. When you had full yeah. control, I don't get it. So it makes me wonder how eager they are about doing something, too. It just makes me wonder on a lot of things, like minimum wage, the different things. Well, look, Whatever. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know... We got bigger fish to fry right now than what, what why didn't, why didn't, what happened. Right well, now, I we've got one thing that, to do, and that's get these people out. Because they are yes. evil. It's just flat out evil that is going on. Oh, yeah, this is the worst. All right, so get them out. Get them out and at least get yep. decent, if ha- sometimes hapless, Democrats in. Because they're at least not right. evil, okay? Right. That's, that's where we got to go. Okay, right. thank you. Exactly. Thank you. Okay, thank All right, you. bye-bye. Um, you know, uh, Trump went to uh, Capitol Hill yesterday to, uh, to talk about his immigration uh, legislation. Uh, well, not his, because he doesn't have any. Um, so he met with the Republicans, and um, they all left totally confused um, and to show how vile I mean well we know how vile this guy is so he's there with all the Republicans and he mentioned the uh, the defeat of uh, no he, he mentioned uh, Mark Sanford who is a Republican congressman um, you know, the walk the Appalachian Trail when he was governor, and uh, who was defeated in uh, primary in South Carolina just a few weeks ago uh, because by somebody who said he was not nice to Donald Trump. And so Trump, with these other Republicans, was uh, making sure they knew that. You get in line with me, or you're going to end up like Mark Sanford. And what he said is this. Here's how he brought the subject up. I want to congratulate Mark Sanford on running a great race. And incredibly, there was silence. He expected a laugh. And there was silence with these 200 cowards in the party. Which, for them, was, I guess, a profile in courage. And Trump heard the silence and, of course, did what he always does. He piled on. And he said, what nobody gets, nobody gets it. Sanford is a nasty guy. And then, believe it, there were boos in a room full of cowardly Republicans. I don't know who or how many, but the Washington Post reports there were boos heard when he called Sanford a nasty guy.
He is vile. And he is surrounded by vile people. Let's look at uh, the guy who ran his campaign until uh, he didn't. Well, wait, there's a few of them. Uh, Paul Manafort, he's in jail. Uh, Corey Lewandowski, he's outed and um, did something on Fox News the other day, I think yesterday, that shows him to be a perfect Trump companion. And I'm sure you've seen it or heard of it, but this is on Fox News. And I suppose their token Democrat or something, I didn't recognize the guy, was talking about the children and said, my God, he said there was a a 10-year-old child with Down syndrome taken from her mother. And Lewandowski goes, And the guy who was talking went berserk. It's being reported that Lewandowski said womp, womp. But what the hell does that mean? As I heard it, it was more like womp, womp. All like, oh, let's all cry about the little 10-year-old girl with Down syndrome. Sort of like how his boss did this with the New York Times reporter who has a disability. Huh? These are fine people. And then, of course, after Lewandowski, we got Steve Bannon running his campaign, as vile a human being as they come, who looks like a living picture of, uh, you know, of Dorian Gray sort of like coming coming apart at the seams. These are vile, horrible people. And, well, they're sort of like vermin, aren't they? (laughs) We need to get rid of them. And that has to be done by everybody working at it, okay? In any way you can. I also, while I wasn't sleeping last night, spent over 10 minutes of that sleepless time watching a video that was really astonishing to me. And what it was, was a video taken inside a restaurant in Washington, a few blocks from the White House. And it was the head of the Department of... um, Homeland Security, Kirsten Nielsen. She's the one who famously at her um, at her uh, at a Senate hearing where they were uh, acting on her nomination, um, where she was asked about the president's wanting. I don't want these uh, refugees. For I want refu- more refugees from Norway just in case you didn't think there was a racist element going on. And and she was asked, I mean, what is that? That's not racism? Um, I mean, surely you know there are, uh, Norway is just overwhelmingly composed of white people. And she, Kirsten Nielsen, who for all I know is of Norwegian descent, right? Looks it, sounds like it. She said, I don't know, Senator. 
she actually said she didn't know whether or not Norway was overwhelmingly white. I mean, how can you forget a moment like that? So anyway, after defending the snatching of babies from their mother's arms and putting them in little jails all over the country, uh, she, after a hard day of work like that, uh, went to have dinner two blocks from the White House at, and you cannot make up the irony of it, a Mexican restaurant. And one of the other people that was there obviously told, made a phone call to some of the folks for, I guess, uh, the local, what, Democratic Socialists uh, group and said, hey, she's here at this Mexican restaurant eating. And they got a group of about 10 to 15 people and man, they walked into that restaurant and started calling her out. And this went on for 10, because they were filming it, went on for 10 minutes at least. And they were screaming, shame, shame, and how dare you eat in peace when you have spent your day doing it. And they just kept on her. Now this is a restaurant in D.C. And what was blowing me away about the whole scene was that you could very clearly see her and whoever was eating with her, some guy. And throughout that 10 minutes with the camera on her, here's what she looked like. She didn't move. She kept her head down. As far as I could tell, she didn't talk. She just, I was blown away that she just sat there. And it kept raining down on her. You could see other diners, and some of them were like, looked like they were enjoying the show. Others looked annoyed, maybe. At one point, one of the protesters said to someone who might have said, hey, I'm trying to eat here, might have said, uh, said to her, well, I'm really sorry um, that we're inconveniencing your dinner. You know, uh, children are being inconvenient, you know, and they, they just kept it up, kept it up, kept it up, and I thought did a pretty damn good job of it. But what blew me away was her absolute affectlessness, as if I don't hear you, I don't see you, I am going to sit here like a statue. And in front of her table, her security detail, these guys in suits, her secret service, were standing there so that the protesters never got up to interface because the security was standing there. But what was fascinating to me is in that length of time, the security guys never said a word that I heard, never blinked, never moved back to, uh, you know, tell her we got to get you out of here. Never, they let the protest proceed. And I thought, wow. This is interesting because 
A restaurant is not public property, is it? It's the restaurants. No one at the restaurant called the cops. I expected to see cops come barreling in any minute. It's their place of business, and it was being disrupted. By, you can see a guy picking up and saying, hey, I've got, you've got these people in my restaurant. Uh, you know, get them out of here. That didn't happen either. So it, again, begs a whole bunch of questions. The restaurant manager was probably very happy. It's a Mexican restaurant. The fact that her security detail let it happen in this private place, I thought also interesting. And very American. Like there was a flash of a, a country I used to know. Because I kept expecting something terrible to happen. Something physical. And it did not. It was amazing. Uh, Beth says, just wanted to let you know there were about 200 protesters outside the office of Senator Perdue in the Buckhead section of Atlanta yesterday all had signs of protest proud to say it surprised me in this Republican section of Atlanta how many car horns were blowing in support of those protesters the Buckhead section being the very rich section and some of the signs said welcome to America now go directly to jail uh, there was a drawing of the Statue of Liberty weeping. Families belong together. Mercy, not cruelty. And the only one who should be in jail is Trump. Um, Purdue was not there. He was in D.C. Oh, and by the way, uh, Kirsten Nielsen's office put out a um, statement about the Mexican restaurant uh, protest thing in which she said uh, that, I mean, it was the most bizarre statement. And we heard from some people opposed to certain policies, uh, immigration policies, and we hope that they will get in touch with their congresspeople and tell them. It was just bizarre. Uh, Purdue, meanwhile, would not answer questions in D.C. Uh, and said this, uh, thank you for your interest. This, this is what reminds me of, of Nielsen's response. I mean, they just are in this, other, they won't even engage in the reality. Thank you for your interest, but I just want to make sure this few minutes that, that we, we didn't get hijacked about the current shiny object of the day. Refuse to answer the question. So the kids in jail are shiny objects of the day to uh, that Republican senator. And Mark has a good point. I am not sure you could come up with a better plan to develop new recruits for MS-13. 
than putting 1,500 boys ages 10 to 15 in an abandoned Walmart. Good point. Oh, dear. Okay. Um, we don't have a call, right? No. Um, there's been some ripples of dissent in other places. I mean, you feel like we're there's a boiling... I, I mean, I felt that way before with this administration. Well, this is a boiling point. Well, this is a boiling point. Well, this... But, you know, with Trump, I don't know how far it can go. Um, the New York Times business section comments. Oh, by the way, speaking of the New York Times, there's something else I learned on Twitter uh, that they did an interview with Lewandowski. Mm-hmm. And um, they taped it, you know, they taped it because, and, and then they ran a story using a lot of stuff from it. But um, I, he said later he didn't know that it had been taped and that they were going to run it as a podcast as well because, you know, all these newspapers have podcasts now. And he's no babe in the woods when it comes to how media operate, for God's sake. But I guess he got scared about some things he had said. And this whole thing was on the record. I mean, obviously it was on the record. And the White House, he's not in the White House anymore. The White House contacted the New York Times and said, hey, uh, you blindsided us on this. We didn't know that you were putting the, all that audio out. And we feel that it would make Mr. Lewandowski uncomfortable in something like that. And do you know that the New York Times, the paper of record in our country, did they get that, uh, did they, is that like one of America's great newspapers? The paper of record for our country uh, backed down. They had no journalistic reason to do so. They said, uh, okay, well then we won't put it on the podcast, they said to the White House. I just want you to know that. Uh, there were people on Twitter who were just freaking out about it. And I don't blame I don't blame them. That is a newspaper decision that has more to do with not pissing off the White He hates the New York Times. Why would they not have the courage to say, hey, that was on the record. Lewandowski knows it's on the record. We already use quotes from it. And they backed off. What's that about? Well, people were canceling their subscriptions to the New York Times. And, and I was thinking, jeez, what am I going to have left? I mean, I... I, I'm, I I used to get four newspapers on my doorstep. I'm down to two now. And I... Hey, by the way, one of Rob... The Rob Rogers cartoon that didn't run here because... Because it upset John Block and Keith Burris. 
um, it was a, and I, I've showed it to you, it was a, uh, a caution sign, road sign, with, uh, with it silhouetted people running for their lives with children, um, you know, ch- dangling children from their hands, and, and a, a profile of Donald Trump with his, you know, trying to grab the kid. <clears throat> and that did not run here. Uh, it ran in other papers. And somebody was, I forget where, in San Francisco, that Rob Rogers cartoon was superimposed on the side of what? Some federal building? I think it's a great idea. Um, I'm not sure what it was, but it was. And I, somebody sent me a picture of it, which I'm grateful for. But uh-uh. He didn't get in the PG, but he's being seen all over in San Francisco. Anyway, um, also, uh, there are little rebellions happening in the workplace around uh, this issue. Um, A bunch of Microsoft employees uh, wrote a letter to their CEO, and part of it is this. We believe that Microsoft must take an ethical stand and put children and families above profits. We request that Microsoft cancel its contracts with ICE and with other clients who directly enable ICE as the people who built the technologies that Microsoft profits from We refuse to be complicit. We are part of a growing movement comprised of many across the industry who recognize the grave responsibility that those creating powerful technology have to ensure what they build is used for good and not for harm, something I've been railing about most of my life. Also, there's a bit of a rebellion uh, in some uh, of the Fox News empire, the Fox Empire, uh, people working in Fox Entertainment, Fox Studios, uh, directors, uh, some creators of content like um, Steve Levitan, who's the creator of Modern Family, and um, and what's his name, Seth MacFarlane, um, have been speaking out, saying that they are repulsed by Fox News um, and don't know if they can continue helping to enrich an outfit that is engaged in propaganda. We'll see. We'll see. It would, you know, and Fox is trying to sell off its entertainment um, division, its entertainment divisions. Although, and again, I want to point out that while Fox News is, uh, you know, supposedly a news operation, which is bullshit, Hannity and Ingram who, by the way, said that the child um, jails were akin to summer camp. Hey, these kids, it's like summer camp. They got games, they got this, they got that. Ingram and Hannity and that vile bow-tied jerk. Who is that? Uh, Tucker Carlson. Um, 
I don't believe they're paid by Fox News. I think they're under the rubric of Fox Entertainment. That is how they get away with their total complicity. And yet, to an average viewer, the average viewer of Fox News, I assure you, does not make that distinction. They think those three are trafficking in journalism and fact when they, of course, are not. They are trafficking in hate and propaganda and fear and division and acting on behalf of the Trump White House. Uh, but it viewed by Fox as news. And I think um, Fox viewers as news. And I think the way that um, Fox News sort of tries to keep its hands clean is it says, well, no, those are in the, you know, this, the late night programming is, is uh, the entertainment division. And it's what I always would say about talk radio. Make no mistake, talk radio is not intended as, at least by, you know, the Limbaugh's of the world, as a as a fact-based, it, it's an entertainment. It draws you in because of the personality of the host and, and whatever shtick they're doing. Um, I know Doug Hurst was always adamant about that. This is entertainment. But, you know, these times are different. And I, frankly, I do have a journalism degree. And I do, while I do do entertainment as well, I now feel that my job... The Times have recreated this job for me and uh, that I bear a responsibility to push back in these times. So I guess that's, that's it. A reminder again um, that there is an effort to show our disgust and rage at our government's action. Forbes and Murray tonight, Squirrel Hill. Okay? Come on. Forbes and Murray tonight, Squirrel Hill, rain, shine. Well, it won't be shining at nine. Whatever. Even if it's uncomfortable. Even if, oh, it's so hard to park. Who gives a shit? People've got to be willing to get outside their comfort zone. Okay? Anyway, that's tonight. And um, Kathleen writes, you are strong and looking visually tortured. Well, I didn't sleep like <laughs> You look like I feel. Yeah, well, right. I hope this country, well, anyway, thank you. I Thank you. Jonathan says, oh, that was a Steve Miller interview. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jonathan. Um, the New York Times uh, spiked. It wasn't Corey Lewandowski, sorry. I, how I can possibly mix up these two despicable human beings. Uh, Stephen Miller uh, that interview uh, was spiked, I believe. 
Um, well, I'll, I, again, I just learned on uh, Twitter about it, and I maybe don't have as uh, much What? Mary is saying, I think the Mexican restaurant scene was staged. What do you mean? To make her look like a a victim? No. 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 I don't think it played that way. Maybe for their side. You think that was staged? Oh, come on. Oh, God. We don't know anymore. We don't know what to trust. Even things we see with our own eyes, we don't know. Roger says, should protesters go to D.C. and and Toomey's office, be taking baby dolls of various colors to throw at the front of the buildings? I wouldn't be throwing babies. I don't know. Uh, Beth says, Fox News is under the News Corporation control, and I am sure that those three have a loan-out company which News Corporation pays for their services on Fox News, almost a subcontractor which protects the News Corporation. As someone who has worked for 20th Century Fox, it is a completely different corporate culture on the entertainment side. I hope that Disney is not allowed to purchase Fox uh, too much entertainment control in one company. News Corp is the in in the deal will only keep Fox Sports and Fox News. All right. Well, okay, guys, I'm out of time, and uh, thank you. I hope I see some of you at the vigil tonight. Okay. Talk to you tomorrow. Bye. Lynn Cullen live. Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.